So this episode was a super fun episode with my buddy, Nate Soror. We went to high school together and I've really seen this dude uh, grow over the years and really almost evolve into um, who he is today. Um, and he's just really taken control of his own life and has really embraced this new way of not going to college as well and just jumping straight into sales and entrepreneurship and really being his own boss. So uh, we just had a really unique and thoughtful and deep conversation about philosophy and psychedelics and a bunch of different things in between. Um, but again, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and um, overall super fun conversation. So I really hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes dropping daily and uh, hope you enjoy it. What is up, Nate? What's up, man? What's up, Sam? How are we doing, boss? Dude, we are doing well. I'm pumped to uh, finally get on a podcast with you. Uh, we've been going back and forth for a while. We obviously went to school together, and you just launched a very exciting project called The Conscious Rebellion, which I absolutely love the name. So why don't you uh, start us off on uh, saying what what really that is and why'd you launch it? Yeah, man. So it's it's crazy. I just remember back when we were in uh, you know business class in high school. Come a long way. Uh, come a long way since then for sure. Um, but yeah. So basically, over the past couple of years or so, I've kind of seen a disconnect between what a lot of people our age kind of need to hear versus what they're actually being fed. Um, and really, when I was first starting out on my whole self development, kind of bettering my my life um, back a couple of years ago, I was looking for something like this, something like the Conscious Rebellion that takes um, things that aren't talked about as much on the mainstream, whether that has to do with education, mental health, personal finance, um, alternative medicine, things of things that just aren't talked about and aren't pushed um, by a lot of the norms and our system. Um, and communicate that to my audience, which a lot of them are, um, you know, people in our position, younger, um, looking to get a head start on the world. Um, and really, uh, where I want to take it is to eventually be interviewing some of the most intellectual thinkers of our time um, and kind of communicate their message down to the younger generation um, while also inspiring people to hopefully uh, take some more control of their life, just like I did a couple years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And let's let's touch on when you really took control because um, I, I definitely, uh, you definitely have my respect. You've definitely shifted and changed your perspective on life and just really the way you carry yourself. Definitely since since high school and, and earlier, we, again, we've pretty much grown up same, same school, uh, super close. You're one year younger than me. Um, but yeah, you, you've definitely taken really your life into your own hands. These really past couple of years here, what really sparked that, uh, that path or that, that journey down almost just the self-development journey in general? Yeah, man. And, and you've definitely seen it firsthand. Uh, the four years of high school literally changed my life completely, some for the better, some for the worse, um, but without getting into too much detail, uh, got into some trouble late in my high school career, um, which cut a lot of my athletics short. Um, so that was kind of my vehicle, if you will, um, throughout all of high school was, yeah, you know, I'm in the sports crowd. I play football, basketball, you know, all that cool stuff. Um, but when that all kind of ended and I basically had the wake up call of, okay, like, 
this is real life now, man. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Um, I realized that the path that I was headed on, um, wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to be. Um, and that was just, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, not really, um, doing the, the right things to advance myself. And that really required a lot of, um, self-awareness just because it meant making some pretty drastic changes. Um, and I realized that the big thing for me, and I think a lot of people could probably relate to this, especially younger, um, is free time and free time almost ended ended up being a bad thing for me because I would have too much of it. Like I get home from school, no more sports. I mean, obviously I worked, but you can only work so much. So it's like, I'd have that free time at night where it's like, okay, like, what do I do now? I can, um, you know, do some stuff, listen to podcasts, you know, read, do things to better myself. But I didn't have that mindset back then. So I was just doing what a lot of other kids my age were doing, you just, you know, effing off, you know, drinking, doing all that stuff. Um, and I realized that that wasn't productive. Uh, so really what changed my mindset was when I went, I basically said, hey, I need to cut out as much free time from my life as possible. Um, and I took a job working full time while still in high school. Um, so I had to be there at minimum 40 hours a week, which combine that with school was basically my entire day every day. Um, so that cut out a lot of my my free time. And then from there, um, I really just kind of said, hey, like I, I basically was dipping my foot in the water in terms of like, okay, I, I, I have a in, internally, I know where I want to take my life, but I'm not really doing a lot of actions to make that happen. Um, and then from there, it's just, you know, kind of one foot in front of the other. Um, and the big thing that opened my mind originally was personal finance. And that's why I'm, I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think our, our stories definitely align as far as like working just a ridiculous amount of hours while still in high school. A lot of, a lot of people get like short part-time jobs and stuff, but like, I know you, you worked like crazy, definitely like more specifically like your like senior year for sure. Um, again, mm. walk us through what it was like to essentially work full-time and then also go to school full-time and combine, you're probably putting in what close to 80, 80 to hundred hour weeks every week in high school. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, it was really kind of all a blur the last like, like really January um, of what would that, what year would that even be? January 2019 through 2019. graduate, through graduation. Yeah. So like that five month period, um, thankfully, I mean, as you know, senior year, you kind of get a little bit of flexibility in terms of your schedule. Um, so I was able to cut my days early and be done um, at like 1pm, which was cool because I'm like, okay, I have from one onward to work. But that didn't necessarily align with the schedule that was at the job that I was working. Um, so I ended up just basically saying, okay, I'm going to skip pre-calc because I, was, I, I wasn't going to go to college. I didn't know why I was really taking that class anyway. So I just decided that I was going to just, I told my teacher, I'm like, listen, man, like you, we both know why I'm here. We don't really know why I'm here, but he understands that I had that like entrepreneurial mindset, wanted to work. That was more important to me. So we kind of had a mutual agreement of if I just turn in the homework, um, but don't show up to class, that it's okay. Um, so I ended up really? doing, yeah, shout out to, shout out to Mr. Burke. Um, cause he let me kind of get away with that for like five months. But, um, yeah, basically I would I still kind of have these same thoughts going through my head of like, okay, how can I like better myself? I was always been super into um, not just money, because that sounds really selfish, but kind of just building that wealth. And that's not just from a financial standpoint, it's like from a holistic perspective, like I wanted to live in abundance in everything. Um, so really, when I was I was kind of obsessed with that. Um, and thankfully, the job that I was working at the time, it was an interesting valet was an interesting uh, position at the time, because it was just starting out. So I had a lot of free time 
time even at my job, but it was different because it was free time where I was by myself or with just one other person who was also working with me, working with me. Um, so I had basically had like eight hours after school where I was getting paid and I just had to like man a post basically. Like I had to, I had to physically be there and if work needed to be done, I'd do it. But other than that, it was like, I just basically needed to physically be there, um, which really gave me the freedom um, to kind of dive deep into a lot of the topics that I'm really passionate about now. Um, so that's kind of when it all opened up for me. But yeah, I mean, Monday through Friday was obviously school. Um, the days I had off, I think, I think I had off on Mondays. So Monday, I didn't work at all. Um, but yeah, Tuesday, and then the week, the full weekends, I worked, um, you know, like morning, afternoon, kind of the whole day, basically. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of work. Um, but not only did it pay off, I think financially, I was able to save up a good chunk of money, um, you know, basically having no expenses in high school. Uh, but other than that, it was just really a time for me to kind of dive deep into myself. And if that hadn't happened, if I hadn't, you know, done that, gone down that route, um, that I wouldn't be here today. And that's just a fact. Yeah, absolutely. I want to touch on two things. Number one, smart for saving money. I invested all of it into fucking like cryptocurrency and shit. So good job on that. <laughs> B, um, what are what are some like main lessons you've learned from uh, from really balancing this uh, this almost dual life of working full time, but then also going to school full time? Did you like do anything or really learn anything about yourself uh, in that time? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, so really what I, the big thing that I realized was no matter what I was working at, um, I really liked that a lot more than sitting in a classroom, like the tr traditional way of learning. Um, and it was, it's pretty interesting because now I've been, we've been out, you've been out of high school for like three years. I've been out of high school for two years. Um, and I've never been more in love with learning. Like I can sit there and listen to a three and a half hour podcast, just straight through and just be like ingrained in what's, what the conversation is. Or I could sit there and if I dive deep into a book I am, I'm interested in, I could, you know, just sit there and read that for hours. If you, you'd never find me even picking up a book in high school. Um, and I think the reason I've done some reflection on that. And I think the reason for that is, and this is what, again, the conscious rebellion is kind of built out of, um, is it's, it's really a one size fits all path. Um, in terms of a school system, like we all learn the same way. It's very redundant. Um, they make you read, you know, X amount of books, the same books, everybody reads them. It's like, it's very boring. Um, and to be quite frank, most people aren't interested in that. Um, they're interested in what they're passionate about. Um, and when I kind of discovered more or less what I was passionate about, um, and I even touched on this in one of my, uh, one of my first podcast episodes is I was living a lot of my life to impress other people. Um, which I think, again, a lot of people can relate to, especially in that high school um, era. It's very common. So when I kind of realized like, hey, I'm, I'm basically done with high school. Like I, I don't care anymore. Like I'm barely there. Like there's more important things. Um, and to me, it was obviously working, but then also finding my passions or, or topics that I was passionate about um, was really something that um, really propelled me forward and again, got me to to where I am today. And that's what's uh, really what helped found um, the basis of the conscious rebellion itself. 
Yeah, I love that. And I know you're talking about um, your your main driver is kind of like getting the personal finance world, world and just really educating yourself on building wealth and building generational wealth um, for yourself, for other people um, in your life, and just really sharing that information with others. You also like philosophy and digging deep into philosophy. We were having previous uh, conversations about that. Um, is there any like specific uh, things you've learned uh, with while well, like diving into the philosophy world that you'd like to share? Yeah, so really just this year, honestly, one of the I've really gotten deep into stoicism. Um, and what stoicism is for to basically summarize it, um, it's very ancient, but it's basically just accepting everything that happens to you to put it in as simple terms as possible. Um, and really, I'm actually going to get this tattooed on how impactful it is, but the term memento mori uh, means basically means you are going to die. Um, and really what the Stoics kind of base their entire philosophy on is that fact of you can literally, if you mathematically, you can track, okay, I have about this many days left to live. And if you kind of know that, and some people can take this the wrong way because they think, oh, well, you're like afraid of death or you're, you're, you're going to get super anxious about that. Like, that's not the point. The point is, is that you have that almost internal clock of I am going to die. That could be today. That could be when I'm 80. That could be when I'm 150. Like, who knows? But the point is that you're going to die. You don't know when that is. So you need to make the most out of every day. And if you waste your time being so caught up in, oh my God, why did this happen to me? Why did my girlfriend cheat on me? Why did I not close this deal? Like, if you spend all your time, and this hit really close to home for me, and that's why um, I'm so so interested in it, is when, if you take that mindset, you're never going to get anywhere, and you're only going to harm yourself. It's not going to do. You think you're doing good psychologically because you're you're just thinking, oh, like I'm taking the safe route, but it's like, no, dude, that's not it. You're just harming yourself, and if you can like really think deep about the fact that you are going to die. And it's not a harsh thing. It's just the fact that like, it's a fact of life. You have to be okay with that. Um, and I think there's a stat about it, like either the number one or number two, like biggest fear in our, in the country, or maybe the world is death itself. And I think that's super fascinating because it's like the saying, it's like, there's, there's common things in life, things that come with it. It's like death and taxes. Like that's, those are, those are things that you can't run from. Like it's, it's going to happen to all of us. It's never failed to happen to anybody before you basically can't outrun it. Um, so really just by internalizing that, um, and the rest of the stoic philosophy, um, which is basically just, you know, no matter what happens, be okay with it. You can react to it. You can feel it. You can feel the emotion, but don't let that affect how you're doing everything else. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, <laughs> I preach more than I practice, but it, it's a process, um, especially, you know, having 19 years of thinking a completely different way. And for some people, it could be, you know, 40 years of, of having this negative mindset. Um, it's going to take something that uh, it's going to take some time rather um, to kind of condition yourself to being OK with that. Um, but I think if people um, could really just start to internalize that and dive, dive deep into that fact, I think it would do a whole lot of good for a lot of people. Yeah, man, death is a super interesting conversation. I'm not even going to say controversial or, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have, but it's simply interesting. And I was, I was having a discussion with uh, Sutton Sabanash um, the other day about this before he went down to, down to Arizona a few weeks back. And he said he essentially went down the rabbit hole, like the, 
um, the Reddit rabbit hole of death, like of physical mm. death. Like that, w- that was the subreddit of what he was reading. And he was reading and reading and reading and just really learning different like cultures and how they perceive death and what death means to them. And something stuck out and he was, he essentially explained it as um, he, he came across this one dude and the dude's dad was a uh, it, it was some Ivy League school. I think it was Stanford or Harvard, one of those. I think Stanford. He was a Stanford death professor. He taught death mm-hmm. to students and that he like devoted his whole life. Like that was that was his thing. He didn't teach anything else besides death. And on his deathbed when he was dying, he told his son, I've devoted my whole life to studying death. And I don't know I, I know as little and as much as anyone else knows about death. No one knows more than me. No one knows less than me because you don't know. And he's like, you, you, we, we are on an equal playing field. I have no clue what happens, what happens when you die. Isn't that wild? And we will never know. We will never yeah, know he, what happens when you die. It's, it's, it's really fascinating because I mean, depending on, um, depending on, you know, where you are in the world, you know, everybody there's religion is very popular and that's something that a lot of people kind of, um, look to for a source of comfort, if you will, in terms of like being okay with death of like, okay, even though death is a given, like, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to, I have to repent for my sins and I will be, you know, saved in the afterlife, or maybe you believe in reincarnation. Like there's a whole lot of different ways to think about it. Um, but just in my opinion, and I was raised Christian, um, and I still do believe that there is a God that something created the universe. But again, in my opinion, anybody who says that they know who and after you die, um, I just think they're full of shit, quite frankly. Um, and that's just because like nobody can really know what is on that other side. And depending, again, depending on what you believe, you may believe um, in a religion-based faith of, okay, like there's ancient texts or ancient stories of of people seeing the afterlife or coming back from it, um, which again, there could be some truth to that. Um, but something I'm eventually going to dive super deep into um, is psychological or uh, psychedelic experiments, rather. Um, and really, if you look at the timeline of history, um, really when religion started to rise in popularity um, was a very similar time to when psychedelics were first discovered. Um, and I think that, not to dive too deep into this, but um, if if the at that same time, um, when a lot of people were first experimenting um, with these substances like psychic, um, uh, psilocybin mushrooms, or rather, because they come from the ground. Um, if you're thinking, just put yourself in the perspective of somebody in like, you know, the early 1300s, 1200s, like ancient times, and you eat this mushroom off the ground, and you get you get all of these visuals and these feelings that there's no documented history of, and there's no anything of, like, you may think you're seeing the afterlife too. Like, you may think that this is what happens when you die, and that's, um, or some people argue that that's how a lot of religion was formed. Um, and I'm not going to confirm or deny that. Again, I have no clue, uh, but I just think it's super fascinating that depending on who you talk to, where in the world they are, what their background is, what they believed in previously, um, that everybody will kind of give you a different uh, take on death and life itself. Um, and I think that is super open and honest to that guy to kind of admit that like, hey, I've studied this my entire life. I've taught it to probably thousands and thousands of people, um, but I really don't, I don't know much. I just know what I studied about other people's records. I have no 
you know, clue what is going to happen right now. Um, and I'd be interested to see, uh, where he is right now, what he's doing now. Um, <laughs> cause again, I don't know. Um, but I think that's super fascinating that somebody, uh, kind of devoted their whole life to that and still was, um, transparent enough at the end of their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know the rise of, uh, religion and like psychedelics came around the same, the same time frame almost. Um, do you have any other cool facts like that or anything you've learned along the way? Like, I, I would love for you to just keep, keep diving into that. Yeah, I don't have an, I could definitely pull some stuff up, but I don't have an exact timeline of like kind of when that happened. Um, but again, if I just, I kind of, and this is like where my mind kind of goes like down this rabbit hole, um, of like, okay, if you, um, these drugs, they're not, they're not lethal. Um, so there's no way you could, you could die from it. Um, some may argue that there's like psychological damage that could occur. Um, but that's really just kind of an effect of, of your environment and your state. Um, and just through my own research, um, and just through researching this topic, uh, by others experiences, um, really what psychedelic drugs do is they, they bring out your true self. Um, and I can really credit that, um, with helping me find out, um, who I really am and bring a rise of some of these, uh, internal problems that I've been suppressing my whole life. Um, like whether you want to confront them or not, if you kind of go down that path, you're going to, you're going to face your true feelings. You're going to face your true fears, anything you've been suppressing in terms of, you know, maybe something that may have happened to you, um, an issue within your family, something that you haven't told anybody about before, that's all going to come to the surface and you can lie to yourself and you can lie to other people about, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not worried about this, but if you really are, it's going to get brought to the forefront and thinking back to, again, when these drugs kind of started rising in popularity in that early, um, timeframe, again, I don't, sorry, I don't have an exact uh, date as to when that was, but it was in early, early humanity when, um, you know, ancient China was really um, kind of coming together in, in that era. Um, these people didn't, most of them didn't have a whole lot. They probably had a lot of struggle. They probably had a lot of problems. And I don't know their mindset because it, it gets completely different than all the technology and everything we deal with now. Um, but again, if they, they've never had an experience, there's no documented records of what a psychedelic experience is like. There's no videos to watch on YouTube. There's no podcast. There's nothing. Um, and you just kind of ingest this, whether it's psilocybin or, or any other um, form of, of ayahuasca or anything like that. Um, these these are extremely powerful and they probably had no concept of, you know, dosage or, or anything like there's no regulation, nothing like they just had these things. They, I don't even know what went through their head when they're like, Hey, we should, <laughs> we should try these out, eat, ingest these and see what happens. But um, like I was saying, that is super fascinating to me because they, I mean, truthfully, if they saw all these visuals and felt these feelings that you just, that somebody who's never felt this before, they simply don't know what that's like. They've never kind of opened their mind. And there's, um, I've watched some podcasts uh, with some very intellectual people about this, who they say that like, when you take these drugs, it literally wires new neural pathways in your brain that have never been there before, which means that you're literally uh, experiencing something that your brain is, is completely unfamiliar to. Um, and if that is, again, we have all this technology, so our brains have, you know, a knowledge of what these things are, et cetera. Um, but back in the day, 
these people had no clue. There was no internet. There was barely even books, especially not about something like this. Um, so to have that experience, especially at a high level, um, like if you look at the record of the, the guy who the first ever um, physicist who did LSD for the first time, people thought he was, he thought he was dying. Like he thought he was dying. And this is what was happening when you die. Um, I mean, obviously we know now, but that's not the case, but just imagine for a second being in that state where you You've tried this thing. You you may or may not know if it's gonna you know harm you, kill you. You don't know, but you're seeing these things that nobody else has ever experienced before. Um, I mean, I could think that that is God or the afterlife or I'm dying and this is how it all ends. Like there could be some crazy thoughts that go through your head. Um, but I I find that pathway super interesting. Um, and just because really what opened my mind to philosophy um, and meditation and kind of just diving deeper into the subconscious um, was my first initial interest in uh, psilocybin mushrooms to be specific. Um, recently, we're recording this in you know November, 2020. Uh, they just got decriminalized or legalized rather in the state of Oregon. Um, and there's a study that just came out today actually um, that they're proven to be four times more effective than antidepressants, um, which again, the reason for that is because they bring out the truth in your life. There is no running from it. There is, it's not a band-aid like these pills um, or, or, or anything that the doctors now mostly prescribe. That's more or less just a band-aid of these issues that you're dealing with deep down. But the only way, in my opinion, to kind of fix a lot of these things is to really dive deep into yourself. And now I think with, you know, Oregon kind of taking the lead on this, um, it's gonna be regulated. These things are done in a controlled environment with uh, professional supervision. I think just based on the studies that are already out there and what kind of led to this legalization, um, I think it'll be super helpful for a lot of people. Um, and I'm really excited to see kind of where this goes. Um, and this is a topic that I'll definitely be diving deeper into. Um, on my channel, just because, again, I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I think for the future of especially mental health, um, even if you look at like war veterans, um, it's super helpful in curing PTSD. Uh, because again, the whole the whole goal behind it um, is to bring those underlying issues, things you've suppressed for 10, 20, 30 years, your whole life, kind of bring them to the forefront and make you accept them. It's not about scaring you. It's just about acceptance and being okay with these things and not letting them impact uh, the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Do you meditate? I do. Yes. That is one of the best habits I've picked up um, in 2020, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And I, I've been meditating for about a year now and it's, it's crazy because a lot of, I, I'm not saying doing, doing shrooms is the same as meditating. Obviously I'm not saying, <laughs> but the, the actual, the actual benefits that you have. And um, again, I, I won't, I'm no drug expert. I'm no uh, shroom expert or meditation expert for that matter. But um, you, you really talked about how, um, how, shrooms really opens up like your your true self almost and i i couldn't help but uh really just relate that to meditation how that's why meditation is so powerful because some people just simply can't sit with their their own thoughts for 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes at a time they they literally cannot sit with themselves so um that 
it, it just creates a super, super interesting dichotomy because again, one of the most beneficial things you can do in your life is to realize like who the fuck you are as a person and look at your true self and, and sit with your own thoughts. Imagine what comes up, see what comes up, feel what comes up. And that way you can internalize those things. So you actually know, oh, I'm feeling this way or that way, or this certain, uh, this certain situation made me feel a certain way. Um, meditation has been absolutely huge and it's, it's personally changed my life. I, I definitely know it's, it's changed your life as well. Um, it's just such a powerful tool that again, a lot of young people, I don't think are aware of that. Yeah. They're aware of, they can do psychedelics, they can do shrooms and stuff, but there's completely natural ways to do that. And we all have it inside of us. It's just our breath. There's, uh, to, I guess, to add on your, on your statement before, there's, there's two things uh, constant in life, death and taxes, and your breath as a number, number third, no, number three. Like there, there's nothing else we have in life from the moment we wake up to the moment we, we die than our breath. So mm. focusing on that, why aren't we taught that in school? Why aren't we taught on how to focus your breath and how to re uh, release stress and anxiety and depression and the, the powers of that? So it's, again, I, I know we could go deep into the, the education, uh, education conversation as well. You, you didn't go to school. Um, is there anything, and if you want to add something to our previous statements, definitely go ahead. But is there anything in school you wish you were taught? specifically. Mm. Yeah, I want, I want to touch on meditation just real quick, because I think you brought up a great point in terms of like your breath. I mean, like musicians, athletes, all these high level, high income, if you will, earners, they all train their breath. And yet regular people, salespeople, entrepreneurs, they're not like, this is mostly a foreign concept to a lot of them until they kind of discover it. Um, and like, I heard that and I was like, you know, that's a good point. Like why why are we not taught to like train and harness the power of our breath? Because like you said, it's with us from the moment we are born until the moment we die. Um, and I know for me, I was one of those people who initially, I almost wish I had done it in reverse where I had kind of discovered meditation first and the power behind that um, to really get myself in a position where when I take this substance that I'd be much more in control of myself and my thoughts. Um, and I think that that would have been super helpful for me, but I just know now that I was one of those people who, you know, couldn't sit down for 10 minutes without, Oh my God, my mind is going in a million different directions. And that's, that's something that takes a lot of time uh, to go ahead and like kind of get yourself adapted to that. Um, but as you know, and as I know, once you kind of break through, uh, if you will, that pathway, um, that it's, it, you start to get really into your own self and into your subconscious. Uh, there's a whole lot that you can discover. And I mean, I think in just recently with me kind of taking it more seriously, um, it's directly correlated to a, a lot of results um, that happen in somebody's life. Uh, but to go back to your to your original question of like, what do I wish I uh, I had been taught in school that I didn't? Um, I mean, there's that list goes on for a while. Um, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing, and just kind of you know bring this conversation full circle um, is that personal finance aspect of it. Um, and I just think that that's so important because for me, I mean, I when I was working that job in high school, um, I was making like thirteen. 67 or something like that an hour. And I was like, when I got that, I'm like, Oh my God, this is sick. I'm working 40 hours a week, making 13 bucks an hour. Like, dude, this is freaking bank. Like I'm freaking rich. Right. Um, but then you kind of realize that like, 
dude, like a thousand bucks every two weeks. That's, that's like not a lot of money. That's, that's like nothing really. If you think about it, like granted Americans are super wealthy and, and compared to the rest of the world. And I mean, if you make something like 500 bucks a month, you're in the top 1% of the world in terms of income. Um, but just for the United States, it's like, dude, that's really not a whole lot of money. Um, and when I kind of realized that that's what led me down the rabbit hole of like, okay, I don't even know how to really save money or, or how to even, and I had no savings. I didn't know how to, you know, invest. I didn't know what a Roth IRA was. I didn't know um, any of these. I didn't even barely even knew what a 401k was. I mean, I knew terms from school. School taught me, you know, what the, what the word interest means, but it didn't teach me how to use interest to my advantage. It didn't teach me tax loopholes. It didn't teach me um, any, anything like that. Um, and that's something that I think that um, I really want to start, uh, hopefully implement change into our school system to kind of get personal finance uh, being something that's almost required. Um, and I even posted about this on LinkedIn the other week, um, something else that I think should be required by all all schools in, in, in some way, shape or form um, is some sort of like physical self-defense. And I've almost, um, some people would argue with me on this one and I didn't even used to think this previously, but um, I've thought deep about it and it's like being able to defend yourself is one of the most underrated skills in the world. If you know how to, if you look at, you look at people who are, you know, black belts, not even black belts in, um, or just know how to do jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, they don't have to beat you up like physically with their fists, but they know how to defend themselves in a way that if you come, if they come, if you come at them rather, they'll take you down in a half a second and they you won't even know what hit you because you're just running with blind rage or whatever the situation is. Um, and I think that if I had kind of um, discovered that early on and been kind of introduced to that, like, hey, it's not, it's not about fighting. It's about self-defense. And especially with everything happening now and how polarized everybody is, people's fuses are this long. And, you know, we've seen people snap in, you know, road rage instances, people fighting in stores, like there's a whole lot of tension right now. And I'm not an advocate for violence by any means. But if somebody's going to come at me, I want to know how to defend myself. And for a long time, I didn't. And I'm still learning that now. Um, and I think that by teaching, I'm not even saying teach boxing to 14, 15 year olds, but by getting them kind of introduced to this self-defense system by just using, again, your body, yourself, um, using movement to defend yourself against an attacker or somebody who's pissed off at you, I think that that would be super helpful. Um, but I obviously got a whole list of like actual like classes that could be, um, could be beneficial in one way, shape or form. Love that. Do you do you take Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I really want to, and I think that's going to be one of my things for for 2021, where I I start to um, take classes on that because I've just seen um, videos and and heard people talk about where they get to this level where they they somebody on the street is like or at a bar, just any situation where there's somebody's getting aggressive with them and. You could be the you could be you know 6'3", 250 pounds shredded guy and get taken down by somebody who's six foot 180 pounds and just because they know how to move correctly they know how to use specific points on the body to take you down and that's again super fascinating to me because it's not even about brute strength it's just about using technique 
and certain things to be able to take advantage um, of the situation. And basically, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like people who are really good at it, in any fight, they're always one step ahead of where you are. Um, and even the best boxers and fighters in the world, they're always, they're one move ahead. You're throwing a right hook and they're already coming back with a, um, with a combo to come back at you after that. Um, like they're always one step ahead and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is just a super fascinating, um, especially people who are really good at it. Um, they're very good at it. And it's like, okay, if you, if you know that, Hey, my friend, Tony is a, um, he's a black belt and in, in jujitsu, you know, that he could beat anybody's ass in any, in any situation. And again, it's not even about beating them up violence. It's just about, okay, if something happens, he'll be prepared. He'll know how to, um, deescalate the situation. He'll know how to defend himself if anything comes up. Uh, I think that's super powerful, especially for, um, you know, males and females alike um, in today's day and age. I think that's something that's uh, underrated and underappreciated. Bro, let's take class together. I would totally do that. Dude, I'm, I'm down. There's a lot of good places in Milwaukee, I think, that, that offer that. Um, I'm not sure, you know, with COVID, how that all works now, but yeah. um, it's something that's rising in popularity for sure. Um, and I think a big reason for that is just because, you know, some of the stuff I talked about, it's not even about violence. And I'm actually um, training with a friend of mine to, to learn how to, like, fight, like, MMA. Uh, that's just because I have an interest in that, and I want to kind of build up that that other side of being physically fit. Like I, I quickly realized that there is a difference between, you know, lifting weights and kind of being in shape and being in fighting shape. Like it's a completely, completely different ball game. And I, I had to kind of experience that to be like, Oh wow. Like I'm really not in shape compared to a lot of these people. Um, but yeah, dude, let's, let's freaking do it. I'm down. Yeah. I would, I would totally be down. Yeah. It's, it's something that I've never even thought of like, I'm like, oh, I, I, it never really crossed my mind of like, oh, yeah, I would take jujitsu classes and stuff. But I have a, I have a buddy and um, he had another like, real estate pretty, pretty early on, was fairly, fairly successful on, on, on paper. Um, but he, he took Brazilian jujitsu and he's like, we, we had a really good conversation about it because he specifically said, what is the most, what, what is one of the most stressful situations you can put yourself in in the world? And he's like, in, in the middle of a fight where the other person wants to kill you, actually kill you. And I'm like, oh, yep, that, that would be stressful. And he's like, all right, put yourself in a controlled environment where you, it seems like the other person wants to kill you or hurt you really bad, but it's controlled. Obviously, they're not going to hurt you or they're not going to kill you. But the, the same stress um, and the, the fight or flight standpoint from your, from your criminal body, that's that arises and he's like that's why i take brazilian jiu-jitsu because the other dude wants to destroy me and it just teaches you how to sit there and fight and uh not again not punch and beat each other up but how to actually go about it in an intelligent manner so i'm like oh that's mm -hmm. super interesting so for you to bring that up i'm i'm totally down to try it yeah, it's it's definitely something I want to get I want to get I want to get good at it because again, just going off what you said, it's like being being one step ahead and really utilizing things that aren't necessarily just oh I gotta I gotta do a hundred more bicep curls to get better at this. It's like no, you just need to get you need to know your body, you need to know yourself, um, and really a lot. That's why a lot of people who um, like just to pick on a very well known name like Joe Rogan is an expert at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and he does a lot of drugs. Uh, coincidentally and that's just because um like you kind of get into that zone of like really trying to understand yourself and again through meditation you can also kind of 
open your mind to this pathway. Um, but just really getting in the like, okay, I want to better understand myself. I want to better understand like why I do things and how I do things. Um, it's all kind of relates. And from a fighting standpoint, uh, I think there's no better way to do that um, than through jujitsu. Um, and it's something that I'd be <laughs> definitely down to do in the, in the near future. Let's do it. 100% man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. We're rocking for a little under an hour, which is crazy. These, these episodes absolutely fly by, but um, let's definitely, uh, let's definitely do more of these in the future. I, I definitely love, love chatting with you. Obviously we're working together. So super grateful for you. Super pumped. Um, thanks for coming on. And is there any last, uh, last statements you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. We got we got a lot of big things coming in, in the future. You'll you'll definitely be on my show uh, once I start getting some guests on as well. Um, but the only thing I guess I'd, I'd kind of leave people with um, is really just think, just think deeply today, tonight, whenever you have some time, just about why you do the things that you do. Um, and even if you think that you're in a good spot in your life, or even if you kind of know deep down that like, hey, I could be doing better. I could, um, you know, not, not be doing some of these activities that aren't self-serving, um, that actually really hurt me. Um, I really just challenge people to have a lot more self-awareness. Um, that's kind of been my word for, for 2020 is self-awareness. Um, just cause so many, uh, so many things have happened to me this year, um, both good and bad, but literally my entire life has changed from January one until now, everything is different. Um, and it's taken a lot of self-awareness to kind of say, Hey, again, memento mori, I could have these things. I could have these things kind of weigh me down and affect me and, Oh, woe is me. Why did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. Or I can use that as almost fuel to the fire of what my big goals are and what I'm really trying to accomplish. Um, so I would definitely challenge people um, to, to really reflect on kind of where you are, um, whether you're 40, 50, 60, or 18, um, really just kind of reflect on where you're at. Um, and I think you'll be surprised and you'll eventually get hopefully intrigued like I know you and I have uh, about just really diving deep into yourself. Um, and it's a whole rabbit hole that you can, um, you can go down and I would encourage people to, to do so, especially with everything going on in the crazy world today. Totally. We, we definitely are living, living in a crazy world. And when you, when you decide to go down a different path in life, um, there's, again, I, th I think the best analogy you can, you can compare it to is everyone's on the highway of life when everything's paved for you. It's, it's perfect. Um, but then there's a bunch of dirt roads along the way that's un, unmarked, unmarked, unpaved. There's a bunch of branches and trees down and there's a bunch of roadblocks and brick walls. Um, and you have no idea of those roadblocks until you actually just go down a path and you have to backtrack and then go down another one, backtrack and go down another one. And that process is so fun to a lot of people. And that's why we're talking right now, because that's definitely the path that I decided to go. Um, definitely specifically after high school and not go to college and just find, find a way out for myself. But along that route, there's not a lot of other people on that dirt path. So Nate, I, like, I, I want you to know, like, I'm definitely here for you entrepreneurship is lonely as hell sometimes. And, and for anyone listening out there, that's going through similar things that, uh, that they want to go down a different path, but maybe they're not, uh, they don't have any, any support system. They don't have anyone around them. Like reach out, reach out to people because building that group and, um, mm -hmm. having other people around you is just so, it's so much easier and fun and fulfilling. Like humans are social creatures. So finding other people that, uh, that, are attracted to you from a, uh, 
not from, I guess from a vibration standpoint, but going down those same dirt roads, it's just so beneficial. And that's, that's the one thing um, I wish I had access to when first starting out. So again, Nate, I'm here for you. Anyone listening, I'm here. And uh, I will leave it at that. Where can the people find you, Nate? Everybody, that's a great way to end it, Sam. Anybody you can <laughs> check out, I encourage you to check out The Conscious Rebellion. Um, we're just launched. I got a website, www.jointheconsciousrebellion.com. Uh, also check out TCR Live, uh, which is The Conscious Rebellion Live. That's my podcast, just launched it. I'm available on every podcast platform, Spotify, Google, Apple, everywhere. I'm going to get a YouTube up going as well for, you know, clips like this. Um, but if you guys want to check out me personally, um, I'm everywhere. Nate Stror on LinkedIn. Um, otherwise, Nate X Stror um, on every other social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know the deal. I love it. Go follow Nate and uh, stay tuned for more daily episodes every fucking day in Q4 of 2020. 90 podcasts, 90 days. See you tomorrow. Sam's crushing it.